0: Welcome back to Directify, setting the record straight. I'm your host, Kiana Sanchez, aka Kiyo, and I'm back with you with another episode. This is episode 37, and the title of this episode is called Free from Indwelling Sin. I want to talk about this because this is something I have been really pondering on for the last few days and weeks, actually, because I know as believers, there's many times we hear... Saying's like, oh, you're never going to stop sinning until the day you die, you'll never be sinless. And this is something I really want to focus on uh, a bit in this episode because I hate seeing people be discouraged and they know that the word of God tells us that if we make a practice of sin, that we won't dwell in the kingdom of God. And it's not necessarily talking about going to heaven, it's talking about experiencing the supernatural even in the flesh here in the earth because Jesus has brought the kingdom of God back to us and he restored it back in the earth so that we could do what is in heaven also on earth. So I want to talk more about this in this episode so let's get into today's episode. So I want to get right into this episode because man the way this has been coming to me and the way I'm beginning to understand it and process the truth more it really helps me in my walk and I want to be able to help others but <laughs> uh, in Romans chapter 5 through chapter 8 I have been studying on this consistently and constantly because I was like Lord I want to understand what it means when the word of God tells us you know that we're free from indwelling sin and it makes sense now because the best way I can explain it is I remember watching a teaching by Dr. Malzman wrote as he was breaking down and discussing the kingdom of God, he mentioned the laws of God and the law of sin. And in these particular chapters it talks about being slaves to um to sin and being slaves of righteousness. And in other words, it was these chapters were letting me know that of course through Christ. We can become righteous and we can live a life that is pleasing to God. We we become dead to the things of the deeds of the flesh and of sin, and we can become alive to righteousness and to God and to live. We must live it unto God. So I know you're all familiar with those scriptures in uh, Romans chapter six, but. I'm not going to read the scriptures all entirely to you because I encourage people to always go back and read for themselves, to study, to show themselves a proof to God. Because if I just sit here and pour it all out to you guys, I don't want you just to sit here and listen to it and be like, oh, she read the whole chapter to me. I understand it. No, go back and study it for yourself. Let the Holy Spirit teach you and allow him to truly give you insight and, you know, revelation on that. So... <laughs> What uh, ne- not Neville Johnson, but what Dr. Miles Morrell said, he was mentioning how in the physical realm we have laws and I'm not just talking about laws that we've created in our government system. No, we have laws that we function by. In other words, like gravity, gravity is a law and because of gravity, we don't float off into outer space or fall off the earth or anything like that. We are capable of standing here on the earth and being able to move, and if we jump, we come right back down, or if we fall from a high place, the law of gravity calls us to go down. And I'm using this as an example because this is a really good example to help you understand how you'll be free from the indwelling sin that is within you. Because remember, scripture says there is no good thing in the flesh, so therefore, We have to die to self. We have to crucify the flesh. In other words, punish it. We have to do away with it. And when he was explaining about the law of gravity, I kind of already started having a mental picture form of how this was implying with being free from sin. Because even though we now have entered into this world and when we are born into sin, this is a law that was, you know, This is a law that is inhibited in our bodies because of what the first Adam did. And I know you can go back into uh, 1 Corinthians and read where it talks about the first Adam and the second Adam, which was Adam and then Christ. But um, I'll talk about that another time. But because of Adam falling into sin and being kicked out of the Garden of Eden, him and Eve came into the earth and therefore that law of sin followed and abide with them and therefore because of that law of sin it opened up into all of the earth and with all these certain laws in the physical realm we now have a limitation that god never intended for us to have of course there are limitations he's given us divinely even before the fall but there's a limitation now that inhibits as it inhibits that (laughs) That um, hinders us from being able to perceive the supernatural. And with this law of sin, like the word of God says, sin using the law of God as an opportunity to um, produce in us all kinds of evil. What it does is. So. When we as believers have now come to know the knowledge of the truth. We've come to know the law of God. We know that the word of God tells us not to covet. Sin takes the opportunity to twist it. And it says, well, if you can't, if the word of God tells you not to covet, I'm going to encourage you and entice you to covet after things. So sin produces all things in you through temptation. And it produces these motives and things and natures that doesn't Abide by the divine nature of God, and when Christ came and fulfilled all the requirements of the law and what we couldn't do in our flesh because of the restriction of our the the law of sin, because in in Christ there was no sin. He took on all the sins of the world, but there was no sin in Him. So understand when it says He took on the sins of the world, He was crucifying it in the flesh that He came in. He wasn't himself sinful so that's something people have to understand but Christ came to fulfill the divinity of God in the earth to restore it back unto mankind so that we could be sons of God therefore we could be led by the spirit of God and just as it says in a scripture it says that we become righteous through the law of the spirit and if the law of the spirit comes through Christ he has basically implanted in us a new law that cancels out the law of sin. So therefore, we can therefore live out a righteous and very uh, devoted life to God in a manner that is pleasing to him without being affected by the law of sin. It's like an airplane. An airplane was built or it was made to have certain things and features so that it could it could cancel out the law of gravity and be able to take off and go into the air. And I hope this is making sense because, like, like I'm doing my best to explain this the way that I understood it. But we had, well, not we, but God had to create a new law in order to cancel out the old law. And so, therefore, we wouldn't have to rely on rituals and things of that nature. We could simply live according to the law of God because he has placed it in us now. And that's why he requires us to be born again. But the best way I can explain it is like this. We have to truly look into the word of God, study it, and apply it to ourselves. And not only that... When you've come to the realization of how to apply it, which is being born again and allowing Christ to, in other words, work in you and through you, you can therefore fulfill what God requires of you. And you're no longer operating in a sinful nature or in your old sinful nature, the old man. And I know there's many scriptures to back up what I'm saying right now because there's scriptures talking about putting on Christ that we won't fulfill the intentions of our flesh. In other words, he says, put on Christ that you won't make any provision for your flesh. There's other scriptures that talk about uh, living within the new life that Christ has given you, no longer walking in the old. And that's why I try to, you know, tell people to read the word for themselves, because I'm like, are we reading the same Bible? How can you imply that you'll never stop sinning? The reason that many of us don't stop sinning even after we have been born again is because we don't understand you know how to live a life apart from that nature or we haven't been truly looking into the things of God so that it could renew our way of thinking so it's easy to memorize scripture but to apply it that's something we need also help with the grace of God because we can only discipline ourselves but so much And I know I talked about this in my last episode, but yeah, we need the help of God. That's what the grace of God is. And faith isn't something that we get in and of ourselves. It's something that he helps us in. And yes, we can have great faith. God has placed a measure of faith in all of us, but it can still become greater than what it is. And like it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We hope for righteousness we hope for you know peace and joy and all these many different things and the substance of that comes from christ and that's why we have to put on christ consistently and daily so that through putting on christ that that hope might be fulfilled and it'll be an evidence and it'll be the evidence that he is not only working in us but that he is very much indeed true and alive so When God has freed us from what we once were, we have to stop trying to relate back to it. We have to stop trying to relay back to it because, like Paul said, you know, we fight the good fight of faith. He's telling us you're you're working against a law that is in your members. So instead of using your members as, you know, uh, instruments of sin, or unrighteousness. Use them as instruments of righteousness. Follow the leading of the Spirit. Allow yourself to yield to the Spirit of God so that you'll be able to resist the temptations, not only of the flesh, but of the enemy. You'll be able to push these things back. And as difficult as it may be, this is why we need to truly depend on God, set ourselves apart, and rely on His strength, and not our own. Because many times we find ourselves trying to do right and then we get the urge to do all these sinful things and we act on it in that moment. But we have to be willing to cast down every vain imagination and thought and argument within ourselves that try to go against the law of the spirit. We know that the law of the spirit is of life and peace, but that the the letters, (laughs) it says the letter is of death. That was something for the old nature. To keep the old nature in check until what was new came. And what was new already came and is here for us now because Christ has brought it for us. He brought truth and grace. So we have to rely on these things in order to maintain what we couldn't in the old. This is what the New Testament is talking about. That truth and grace that we needed so desperately, it has now been brought to us and we can find it all throughout the New Testament on how to live a life that is pleasing to God to fulfill the divine law of God. And I'm not talking about all the laws that were created in the Levit- the, Levit- uh, the Levitical priesthood, because even it says in Hebrews that if what they did in the Levitical priesthood was effective, then there would then what Christ did was in vain and that we know that's not true because what Christ did wasn't in vain. What he did helped us in a way that we can't couldn't even help ourselves. So therefore when people keep trying to point back to what it says in the Levitical priesthood, I'm like, "No. I said remember when he stood on the mount of um the mountain of transfiguration and Elijah and Moses came to him. Remember, Moses had the Ten Commandments. That was the divine law of God that first came on the scene for man. That's the law of God. And then with Elijah, Elijah was the first prophet. But it's not saying that, you know, we have to re- like live by the law exactly what it's saying is. Because the law is now written in our hearts and in our minds through Christ, we no longer have to live in such a manner of the old nature because the old nature is being canceled out by this law that has been implanted in you. And it's not something you're doing in your own strength. It's something he's doing in you. He's working and willing in you. And I know it probably sounds like a lot of nonsense to people if you're listening to this. And I'm sorry if it comes off a bit confusing, but please try to bear with me and understand what what I'm saying, because what I've been getting, it's been really heavy for me even. And the more that I'm processing it and digesting it and really trying to perceive what God is showing me is helping me to understand how we can live a life, even when we have all these strong urges to do sinful things. And when Paul was mentioning and I believe it's Romans chapter seven, when he mentioned how he said, you know. I desire to do good, but then there's a a force in me that wants me to do what I don't want to do. And he's like, I'm a wretched man who will save me from these things. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ that he has. Actually, let me go read that scripture. (laughs) But the more that I read these things, I'm beginning to understand it for myself. But it says here in Romans chapter seven, verse 20. Well, no, actually, I'm gonna start at verse 18. It says, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. That's why we need grace. We have a desire to do what is right. We want to do what's pleasing to God, but we don't have the ability ourselves to carry it out entirely. This is why Christ had to bring grace. And then it says, for I do for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I want to do is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do now, if well, now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it but the sin that dwells in me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but in my members, another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks to Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Now, understand this. He's not saying that in your flesh you're going to continue to sin. No, he's saying this flesh may have the law of sin in it, it may have the desire to do what sin requires of it, but with our mind, Listen, this is why we got to repent. <laughs> With our mind, we serve God. Because whatever we think, so are we. This is what the word of God says. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And this is why God wants us so so desperately to have this word implanted in our mind. To take root and to grow into the tree that it needs to be. A tree of life. Because once we do... We'll begin to see these actions flow through us, not because of ourselves, but because it's the grace of God working in that word that has been implanted in us. That's why he says, there is not um, therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, um, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does Now, you see, he literally tells us how the spirit brings life to us through the laws of our mind. He said, whatever you set your mind on, this is why he says to put on the helmet of salvation. Let me actually go to that scripture in Ephesians chapter six, where it talks about the armor of God, the whole armor of God. But right here in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Therefore, stand, I mean, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes. In the preparation (laughs) of the gospel of your feet. Oh my goodness, help me, Holy Spirit. Why am I reading over myself? But he says, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the which in which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to the end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all saints. And, man, as I tell you, the word of God tells us how we can live a life in the peace of the spirit without fulfilling the wills of our flesh. Like, there's so many scriptures on it, like, especially in Galatians. There's so many scriptures on it that tells us how we can be free from indwelling sin, how we are no longer subject to the law of sin. But now we're under grace. And as I mentioned before, grace is the God. Well, I will say the divine ability of God working in you to carry out the will that he desires for your life. That's what grace is. I know we all think of grace as just being an unmerited favor of God. I said, but grace is more than just getting something from God. Grace is God's power working in you. Like it says in uh, Philippians chapter 2. I'm actually going to read that to you so you can see it. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, where it talks about working out your own salvation through fear and trembling. And then it goes into verse 13. If I can find the scripture real quick, it goes into uh, scripture 13 and it says, for it is God who works in you both to will and work and to work for his good pleasure. And that's something we have to really look at. And if you read the verses after it, it says, do all things without grumbling or disputing, or in other words, complaining. That you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that the day of Christ, so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. And this is Paul talking, you know, to people who have come to the knowledge of truth and have become born again believers. In other words, when God works and wills in in us, his good pleasure, let's not complain about what's going on around us and what we may even go through. Because at the end of the day, we want to be without blemish. We want to be without spot in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation so that we could be a light in the world. And then it also tells us in the word how to live is christ like everything that we do he said and all that you do do it unto the lord so when you're doing things or like for example if people are saying stuff like oh you're going to send it to the day you die remember don't let that be a, a reason for you to keep doing things that god disprove of because we now have a new life in him we're no longer walking as we did before And, you know, like the word of God says, don't walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds, with a darkened understanding, alienated from the life of God because of ignorance and things of that nature, due to hardness of your heart and all these many different things. This is why we need to study to show ourselves approved. Because once you have come to acknowledge who Christ is and you've received Christ, And you've received the Holy Spirit, who is a guarantee to us being redeemed in Christ. He is the seal of God. He says that in his word. We have to stop trying to accommodate our flesh. And we have to look into this perfect law of God and remember who we are, just like James said. I encourage you to go back and read James chapter one, two, because when he was telling us, he was saying, you know, sin, well, temptation is how it all starts, but we can combat these things. We don't have to live in the manner of our, you know, temptations or the manner of our sinful desires. We do not have to live that way. But, in other words, we have to rely on the law of God through Christ Jesus. And remember he said, to love your neighbors as you love yourself and to love the Lord their God with all your mind, body, heart, soul, all these different things. He said these from these, the law and the prophets hang from those commandments. So if we live by those commandments and we have faith that we will be able to fulfill the will of God and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in all of our doings. We'll begin to see that we're no longer who we used to be, but we are who God has called us to be. So, let's just continue to seek the word of God for ourselves to understand that we are not. We are no longer sinners. We are a new creation in Christ. So we have to stop referring to ourselves as sinners. So let's change our way of thinking to think with the mind of Christ. Instead of the carnal nature. This is the Rectify, Sitting, and Record Straight. I'm your host, Kiana Sanchez. I pray that you guys continue to go back and study to show yourself approved in this word and allow the Holy Spirit to show you. What needs to be shown to you to help you understand and grow in the truth of God's word? Because like the word of God says, like God himself says, he wished for none of us to perish, but that all men come to repentance. I want the same for us all. So I'm not going to be pointing fingers and condemning anyone to hell because of where they stand in their life. I just pray that God will open their eyes and give them, you know, a heart that desires To understand the truth because it's it's not my place to do any of that i just want for us all to be truly freed from what you know is causing us to be apart from god and to truly be led by the spirit of god and to live a life that is pleasing to god not just saying it to sound good or anything like that because I myself too am working on myself. Daily I'm praying that I'm right with God. And that this time that we do have in the earth, we not look at it as a you know we do I I pray that we don't look at it as if like, oh time's running out. No. Make the most of every day that comes. To do something that is pleasing to God and that you can devote to God in that time. So on that note, you all be blessed and peace.